Hey, race fans, welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network and welcome to a special after hours edition of Drafting the Circus. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'm joined by Luis Torres and Seth Eggert from Motorsports Tribune. We have a special guest in the studio tonight. We have Lieutenant Jesse Awuji, who is running the NASCAR KN and the ARCA series this year. Uh, Jesse, pleased to have you on the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right, and thank y'all so much for having me on the show. Oh, it's our pleasure. So, you know, we, we get a lot of race car drivers on here, a lot, a lot of young guys, and we, we like to talk about what got them into racing. And the story's always kind of the same. You know, my dad bought me a shifter cart when I was five, or I was in a Legends car when I was nine. But as I look at your bio, I mean, you were a standout high school athlete in both track and field and football you're a great academian you got accepted to the naval academy you played football for the midshipmen um you then um uh active duty in the u.s navy you served a tour serving our country over in the persian gulf there's like nothing in here that says this guy's going to end up in nascar so i'm just kind of wondering where that uh racing influence uh crept up in in all those other great things that you've accomplished yeah, no, th- thank you for that. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's definitely a different story for sure. You know, yeah, I didn't grow up racing. I had to go off and do some important things like serve the U.S. government <laughs> and the country and, um, you know, do some great things like that. But, um, yeah, that's kind of how I, I did it. But, you know, I've my whole life I've always had a passion for cars. I've always had a passion for racing. And um, I n- never really thought that I was actually going to do it. But, you know, as I got a little bit older, you know, once I got into college and then once I graduated college, I kind of grew a little bit closer to it. Just one, I was just, my interest grew. I was like, man, I want to kind of try this stuff, you know. And, you know, I had a, a Dodge Challenger and a Corvette that I used to take to different tracks like drag strips and road course uh, open track days and just had fun with those cars there. And after doing that a bunch of times, you know, like especially with my Corvette, you know, I would go to open track days and, you know, there'd be 100 to 150 cars there and I'd always be like, somewhere in the top 10 in speed, you know, just, and it wasn't ever a race, but, you know, they'd still time everyone's laps, and I always have, you know, somewhere in the top 10 of the laps. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm fairly decent, you know, so, uh, you know, let me, I w- I'd like to take it to the next level, and once I made that decision, I think I was sitting, I was sitting in my room um, in San Diego at that time at home, and I walked up to my whiteboard that I had on my wall, and I wrote on there, I was like, goal, I was like, become a professional race car driver. And at that point, I knew, knew I knew nothing of what to do, where to go, where I was going to race, nothing. I was just like, become a professional race car driver. And that's when the journey started. So then I went to my laptop and started doing research. Okay, what, what are different series out there? All right, there's NASCAR, there's IndyCar, there's different sports car series. Okay, what does it take to be on these teams? I started researching. Okay, boom, I started learning. It takes a lot of money. I started learning, you know, it takes a lot of seat time. I started learning that... Um, you know, there's, there's some series have different ladders you can take by doing all these re- this research and putting it in notes and then focusing a lot of energy and effort towards trying to figure out a way to get into this. And then through doing that, you know, the world universe started opening up doors for me. And one of them was, I met a guy who was, uh, his name is Kyle Wisner and he was late model racing at Irwindale Speedway. Um, I met him at a car show and he, he, he said that, I, you know, with my goals of what I want to do and start racing, he said I should try stock car racing. I'm like, NASCAR? He's like, yeah. So I went and did a late model test with them and went well. 
Um, I went on deployment for five months to the Arabian Gulf. During that time, any time I had free time, I started devising a, a, a crazy plan of how I was going to make it happen. And that plan was on, I was looking for sponsors. So every day I was sending out multiple emails trying to figure that out and get in contact with sponsors. And the other part of it was I was going to start my own business so I could make some extra money on the side to pay for my racing. And the business actually ended up being what prevailed um, a lot for that first year of racing in 2015. And then also I had a sponsor that helped me out a lot too. So through what I learned trying to look for sponsors and through what I learned starting my business, um, I learned all that stuff literally sitting on the ship in the Arabian Gulf during my free time and uh, applied that in 2015 and it worked. And that's what really got me into racing. I mean, that's fan. That's fantastic story that you did, just sit and said, "Okay, how how can I do this?" You know, that's pretty neat. Um, now you are thirty years old now. Is that correct? And 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 you've yep. got you've got guys uh, nineteen years old that are in in top cup cars. Um, you like your William Byron's and whatnot. Uh, do you feel like that's put you a little behind the curve? Um, because you know NASCAR in general seems to have transition. To a to more of a young guy sport, or do you f- still feel that uh, that there are opportunities out there for somebody that started a bit later? Yeah, there's definitely opportunities still. I don't I don't think that prohibits me at all. I mean, I think you know, with my background and what I've been doing, I think a lot of people understand. Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't just like jump into racing, you know, this late, you know, just because I just happened to be late. It's more because I had some other bigger, greater things to do in life, which was, you know, surf. You know, I'm, I was in the Navy. I was going on deployment. You know, that that was bigger, and that was a lot more important. And then once I finally had free time from that, then that's when I decided to jump into racing. So I don't think that puts me behind the curve. Yeah, there's the younger guys who are, who are doing it, but at the end of the day, um, NASCAR is not like football. It's not like basketball where age really – um, affects your performance like that. Not until I don't think until you really get probably about fifty years old before I think it really even starts making any kind of difference. Um, so yeah, it's not that you know. I like in, in football, you know, once you get to like over thirty five or so, it gets a little bit harder to be fast. You know, it gets a little bit harder to hit. You know, it gets a little bit harder to throw the football more accurate. You know, all that stuff. So um, in NASCAR, you, a driver is a driver. Like if you're a good driver. At age 19, you're a good driver at age 30, you're a good driver at age 40, you'll be a good driver forever, you know? Um, it's not a thing that just goes away. Um, so, so yeah, I don't think it's, you know, something that's going to hurt me. And, and if you look at it, really, I think a lot of the fans don't really truly care about age. Um, I think it's only really the sport that's really putting the emphasis on it, but the fans don't. Like, if you look at all the fans, there's no one who says, man, we need some, we need some younger drivers in the sport. No. Most driver, most most fans, most kids, even who are fans too. I mean, their their favorite drivers, you know, aren't always the younger ones. Their favorite drivers are, you know, Kevin Harvick. Their favorite drivers are Clint Boyer. Um, you know, uh, you know, all those folks who are some are, are a lot older. You know, so they don't. The fans don't care about age. You know, they just want to. They want somebody they can that they, they, that they like. You know, and they enjoy watching the race. And that and at the end of the story, it doesn't matter what their age is. Awesome. Now, Seth, you've got a question? Yeah, continuing uh, this line of experience versus youth, uh, Jesse, you had told me one, uh, when I interviewed you at Charlotte that you spend just about every weeknight on iRacing, uh, which is one way that some of the drivers use to learn tracks, 
to practice tracks, to get seat time. How much of that translates to the real world? Um, it helps a lot. You know, iRacing does a really good job of making a simulator very realistic. So the more the more time you can spend on there, you know, getting used to different tracks, your marks, and how to drive certain tracks, and what the car is going to feel like, um, it's going to help a lot. You know, this weekend we'll be racing at Sonoma Raceway. Um, I spent you know a, bu- a bunch of time, a bunch of hours on 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 the simulator this week, just getting ready for this, so I could learn the line, so I could be consistent with where I was putting the car on the track. And that's going to, you know, really help out a lot when I get to the race day or even practice because I'll be ready already. I'll be like, okay, you know, I've been here, done this, you know, 75 laps already this week. So let me do it right again. But, um, yeah, I think it helps out a lot, and it can help um, close the gap a little bit on experience to a certain extent. Not, you don't, you can't just gain all the experience in the world from it. It just helps you learn a little bit of racecraft, helps you learn the line a little bit, helps you learn your marks, familiarization, all that stuff. But at the end of the day, it doesn't give you the same speed sensation. It doesn't give you the same G-forces that you feel on track. It doesn't give you all that feeling um, stuff. So, um, you know, being on track is always the best way to get the most experience. But simulator stuff does help. Okay, now, Louise, you've got a question as well? Yeah, it's a bit of it. Speaking of Sonoma, you mentioned that, Track time is, is everything, of course, you met, you brought up the simulation. When it comes to the race to the race course, you ran it a couple of times, and you had, if I recall, a top 15 down there. Last year it was a bit of a short afternoon. What are your expectations down there at, at, at Sonoma? Granted, the experience is very slim, knowing that down at K&N and ARCA, road racing is pretty, very, is very slim. It's just like in general with stock cars. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely looking forward to trying to have a good run uh, this weekend. So, yeah, last year was a little bit short just because um, the motor blew up like six laps into the race. We were, I think, coming out of turn four or so, and, you know, literally I was getting on the gas, and it's feeling all right, then all of a sudden it just limps, and then it, that was it. <laughs> so we were, like, trying to figure out what happened, and um, I don't know, something ended up happening, but I can't remember. But, anyways, that ended our day short. Um, yeah, the first year finished top 15. I um, wasn't as fast as I really wanted to be, but at the end of the day, you know, with it being my first time on a road course, my first year racing K&N, I just wanted to finish that race, not getting involved in any wrecks, don't break anything, and just make it through the day. Um, and we did, you know, and we finished 15. So, um, you know, this year my big thing is I, I uh, once again, my number one goal always is to finish the race. I want to get through, don't break, don't crash, don't spin, don't wreck, nothing, just finish clean. Um, and then, you know, be just a little bit more competitive, be a little, be a little bit faster than we have in the past couple of years. And if we do all that together, it'll be a great weekend. And speaking of the past couple of years, uh, the past couple of years in Canaan Pro, you've been running on a bias-supply tire. This year they transitioned to the radial tire. How has that transition been for you? Have you found it difficult? Is it Was it a smooth transition? Um, yeah, so a lot of people would men say that, you know, the the radio was a lot harder to drive on than the bias ply and all that stuff. But honestly, I maybe I gotta go back to the bias ply and try it again, but I just I don't feel a major difference. I mean maybe there is a little bit of difference. I feel this tire we've had this year has been better as far as longevity, like you can drive a lot of laps with it. Um, and, and it actually has pretty good grip majority, like throughout the whole race, you know, when you're on a good solid track, that's not, 
very broken down or rugged, um, you know, the tires will last, you know, and at the end of the race, you know, you can still run pretty quick. So um, I, I like it. It's been good. I'm glad we're on it, and I'm glad I'm getting to learn on it. But, yeah, it hasn't really affected me. I didn't, we didn't jump on it. I didn't immediately feel like, oh, my God, this is, like, harder to drive. It just still felt okay. So, yeah, it's not too bad. And looking forward to jumping in and running some laps on the road course now with it, you know, in my perfect hydration Chevrolet. Now, speaking of the uh, perfect hydration Chevrolet, if I correct looking at the entry list are you driving for a different team this weekend oh that is the million dollar question isn't it oh <laughs> uh, yeah i'm driving on a different team this weekend i'm driving with um matt levine's race team so the levine racing uh they've been running k&n for a few years now uh they got their own operation going really kind of starting in 2016 and each year they've, they've they've had some good success you know getting some good cars building some good stuff, getting them set up right, and getting some good qualifying efforts and finishing efforts over the last couple of years or so. So, um, you know, I thought it would be a good move for me to jump on a team and try to, um, you know, progress a bit and get in some better equipment and just, you know, run better. Now, you are part owner of Patriot Motorsports, where, where you're driving now. Do you – now, you, you run a K&N and Arca. So do you own both those cars, or do you, you have a couple of partners uh, in there – with you and there's a rumor that you actually guys actually have a truck in your garage too <laughs> yeah so there is a truck there for sure um i don't own anything there i was just a car owner um for one of the cars um and i think in 2017 i think i can't remember um but I, I i don't actually financially own anything john wood owns the whole team um i ran with them you know for the last three years I've, i'm I'm now not running with them. I'm running with this new team. Um, but, uh, you know, they, they, I mean, they, you know, they, they have some good stuff going on over there when it comes to bringing in new people who are trying to get into the sport and maybe don't have the biggest budget in the world but have a little bit of money to try to get it going. And it's a great team to start off with when you're doing that. Um, it's just, I just finally got to a point where I needed to step up into a, a better situation uh, just so I could get, you know, just, you know, better results that's all i'm looking for oh totally understandable so now with your your new situation what does your remaining schedule for the rest of the season look like are, are you are you uh, are, are you gonna like fill in some blanks there we're we gonna see you see you more we're we gonna see less uh more arca more k and n um for the rest of the season it, right now really really aiming to do probably one more or actually two more arca races uh, uh chicago next weekend um, and then the and then uh, Kansas at the end of the year, um, you know. Once again, it won't be with Patriot Motorsports Group. This, you know, I'm I'm pretty much split ways. Um, uh, really, for the rest of the year, K and N wise, uh, uh, I'm aiming to do you know a lot of East races. Really, a lot of uh, a lot of the remainder of the East races. So um, you know, knocking that out should be pretty fun, pretty good, and a lot of big tracks. And <clears throat> you got Iowa, New Hampshire, Dover. Uh, you know, Gateway, all those fun places. I'm so looking forward to running all those tracks and, uh, you know, looking forward to uh, hopefully having some good results. Now, when I interviewed you at Charlotte, you had told me you have gotten advice from Dale Jr. about how to be fan-friendly, how to be open with the fans, and also some advice as far as driving the car. Uh, exactly what kind of advice was that? And how have you been 
embracing the advice he's given you. Dale Jr. is an awesome person, you know, very approachable. And, you know, his big thing he was telling me was, man, just making sure, you know, get as much seat time as you can and the best quality equipment you can and also focus on getting the right funding. Um, at the end of the day, funding is huge. It's number one. <clears throat> you got to have the money to race. Um, it's just it's not free in any way, shape, or form. I know a lot of people like to think it is, but it's not. Um, you don't just get thrown in a – you can be thrown in a car to drive for someone, but they, they will only do that if they have enough sponsorship funding coming in that maybe they brought in or something like that for the team. But if there, if there is no sponsor for the car, um, a owner can only throw you in for so long before they can't do it anymore because at the end of the day, it is a business and they cannot go bankrupt. So, uh, you know, a lot of people think, oh, man, you know, do this, do this, and someone will see you and throw you in a car. Well, it just it's hard. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. It just you can. It's too expensive. You can do that on maybe the teams that aren't the highest budget because they can make it work with how their operation works. But on these bigger teams, when they're, you know, truck series teams spending 150-plus grand per race, um, you know, how can you throw a driver in for free? Uh, you know, somebody's eating that budget. The, the, the tires never came for free. The travel for the entire team and crew never came for free. The, the, the travel for the transport never came for free. All the guys at the shop, someone has to pay for all of that. And that owner can only do it himself for so long or else they'll go bankrupt. So you got to bring the funding. So that's what he stressed is make sure you get your funding right, get the funding right. You get your funding right, and you can stay in racing for a long time. The money's not there. It's going to be very, very difficult. When it comes to, for you personally, and as far as the couple years that you have racing experiences, you you mentioned earlier about just trying to finish, especially on a road course. How, from a mental aspect as a driver and also from your background, how do you generally approach those road races when you know you have to finish, you try to avoid all the carnages? Yeah, yeah, I was saying um, the road courses, um, the big thing with those is, um, you know, you just really got to focus on, you know, make sure you hit all your marks, you you stay on the asphalt and not in the grass, um, you know, you don't make aggressive moves too early, um, you know, it's a give and take, you know, if someone has it a little bit faster than you, maybe give a little bit, let them go, or if you're faster than them, and you can get by, get by, but in the, the day, it's 60 plus laps, and, you know, it's a, it's a long race, so if you can, they'll make a mistake eventually. Maybe if it's hard to get by them, just kind of sit right behind them, let them make a mistake so you can get by them. But you don't got to force any issue because it can only just get you in a wreck or them in a wreck or you name it. So at the end of the day, you got to make it to the end. So just be smart. You know, it's a long race. You know, even if you got to slow the pace down just a hair just to make sure you're hitting all your marks and you're shifting right properly and you're braking right and you're not wearing out the car, you know, do all that stuff, and at the end of the day, you'll be happy with the results. Right, now, Jesse, I want to, I know we're racing guys, and we love to talk racing, but I just, I just want to turn the conversation to some of your, your off-track activities, because you have been a, a pretty positive guy. I mean, you, you represent the, the U.S. military in the most positive fashion that I've ever seen. You represent your race team in a quite a positive fashion. You represent yourself in quite a positive fashion. But there's a lot of stuff that you've done off the track, um, you know, charity-wise and philanthropic work, and I'd like to just to give you the opportunity to kind of speak about that a little bit and tell us some of the, the things you're working on and how some of our listeners can maybe get involved if they like to. Yeah, definitely for sure. So, you know, um, 
one of the things I've been working with this year um, with uh, BBMC Mortgage is we've been trying to bring awareness towards their Patriot Charity Initiative. Uh, Patriot's Charity Initiative, um, they've raised over $2 million trying to help different veteran causes. Um, they support a lot of different organizations that do uh, support vets, like, you know, USO and so on. Um, you know, the different causes or different um, issues that they try to address, like ment uh, mental illnesses, um, uh, uh, PTSD stuff, uh, you name it. They're just, you know, veteran homelessness. Uh, they're just there to help veterans and support veterans. So uh, we've been running, uh, you know, we've been trying to support, uh, push that through social media. You know, we, we have the hashtag on basically all of our pictures that we post. Just so people can ask the question, be like, hey, what's Patriot Charity Initiative? And I can go ahead and let them know, hey, this is what they do. It's a BBMC um, mortgage, you know, um, deal that they got going on where they're, they're, they're pushing to help um, uh, support, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, support, you know, fixing and helping and solving issues that are plaguing our veterans all over the country. So um, that's been pretty cool to be a part of. Uh, the last couple of years I've done things with Phoenix Patriot Foundation and also 208 Cares and um, uh, different charities where, you know, all of them are just veteran-based, where they're just trying to help vets. So um, any way I can give back in that kind of way or bring awareness to whatever they're doing, whatever I can do, I try to help. You know, it's the least I could do because um, these guys have helped me out and supported me, so um, why not give back? And, you know, anytime I can help my fellow military friends, family, you name it, um, you know, I'll do it. So, yeah, that's kind of stuff I've been doing with that. And anytime I can inspire kids and help kids and be there for kids and motivate kids, I, I love doing that too. I don't work with any kids' organizations directly, I would say. Um, I mean, I, I do a little bit with some of the NASCAR um, initiatives that they have for kids, but um, – I don't, there's no specific organizations I really truly work with all the time with kids. I just, when I see a kid, I try to help. <laughs> That's all I do. And again, that just, that just falls into one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on the show. Cause you're such a positive role model for, 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 you know, not only, you know, vets and, 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 and folks and, and maybe, you know, champion diversity for NASCAR, but uh, you just, you work so hard tirelessly all the time. And um, it's just it's just enjoyable to watch your race, and I wish you all the success in the world. Um, now I, I know we want to let you go because I don't want to take up a lot of your time. I know you've had a busy day, but but before you go, would you just let our listeners know where we can find you on social media? And I know that you you always have a lot of giveaways on social media too, so uh, you folks are going to want to make sure you write this down. Yeah, most definitely. So you know, any folks wanting to follow, make sure they. Uh, go on to uh, jesseiwuji.com. That's J-E-S-S-E-I-W-U-J-I.com. Um, sign up for my VIP mailing list. It's right there in the middle of the page. Just put your email address in and put uh, and then click subscribe. But, yeah, big thing for me is um, if you type in my name on any social media platform, you'll see me on there. Make sure you follow my page, support everything we're doing, like every picture, share everything comment on everything, send me messages whenever you have a question. Um, I'm always there for people. I, most people will know that I pretty much answer with like 99.9% of the messages that come through for me when it comes through my DMs. I can't answer every comment always because sometimes there's a lot of them. But uh, if you send me a direct message, I will get back to it. Uh, sometimes longer answers, sometimes shorter answers. But I will try to somehow get you some type of answer if you got a question. So, um, you know, very reachable. A lot of people know. I'm one of the few drivers to do that. <laughs> Jesse, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, appreciate it a ton. Um, 
thanks for talking to us. I uh, hope you come back on again soon. Uh, maybe you can come talk about your first win that's coming up soon. Uh, but until then, uh, Jesse, I want to thank you for coming on. Folks, make sure to look him up on social media. Seth, Louise, thank you for joining me. I want to thank uh, iHeartRadio, Hoobazoo Radio Network, and Spreaker. This is Drafting the Circuits. Good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 